hash mark angle to the left for Adams and Terry. 48-yard field goal attempt. Set to go. Snap ball down. Kick up. Kick is on the way. And it is good! It's good! It's good! Out in the ninth inning, here on the banks of the Mississippi River, the Red Sox need one more out. Swing a ground ball. Episode 33 of the Loudest Sports Show brought to you by the Dorketing Network and sponsored by Deadly Grounds Coffee. I am your host, Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd, and I am here with my co-host in life and the co-host on the show. She is Slashes Von Ice Queen <laughs> Mayor. Good job. I Good job. So one of these days you're going to get it right. I usually if you don't fuck up right. one show, you fuck up the other. I know. It's okay. Slashes von ice cream. That works. Slashes von ice cream. <laughs> God, now I'm hungry. Ugh. Well, I mean, I have, I did just get my second shot the other day, and uh, my brain's been a little out of it, too. Well, the brain fog is a same, thing. Same, yeah, yeah. Why are we not having conversations about this? Like, is it because people are forgetting? Yeah, that's probably why <laughs> people forget about it. Like, oh, I was going to mention something. The after what. the second shot, it's it's a thing. It's real and it happens. I got my second shot on Monday, uh, Monday evening. Ago. Yeah, almost a week ago. And yeah, so most of the other symptoms, side effects have subsided. I'm still waiting for my superpowers. But mm-hmm. uh, anyways, the brain fog. I mean, maybe the brain fog is my superpower. I yeah. have the power to forget things. The power to forget all your <laughs> all your worries, like Fraggle Rock. Um, but but yeah. anyways, but, but I mean, speaking of ice cream, though, because we're adults and we got shots, we went out for ice cream after. Yep, we went on Monday, and then we went Friday after it was my turn. We had ice cream for dinner. Yeah, because we're grown ups. Yeah, and that's just the way it's going to be. Like, if I want ice cream for dinner, I'm going to have ice cream for dinner. Like that's. You know, it was really good that. ice cream for dinner, too. That's true. So we have a, uh, a new opening face-off question for you. And uh, our question this week is, in your opinion, which coach had the biggest impact on their team's success? Now, the cynic in me obviously wants to say that it's not Belichick because, you know, Tom Brady was the one that drove that 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 bus you know he was because the first year Belichick was there he was 5 and 11 with pretty much the same team that won the Super Bowl the next year with Tom Brady at the helm so Brady and Brady also covered up a lot of the mistakes that you know Belichick made either you know coaching decisions or drafting decisions mm-hmm. but if I'm going to pick a coach who came in and was able to wrangle some you know, pretty high-level personalities and, you know, produce a championship. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Doc Rivers 
Um, and I know he wasn't great his first year, I believe, but it was the next year that he kind of brought everybody together when they got Garnett and and um, and Ray Allen and uh, brought in all those role players and was able to really uh, through the uh, the the message of Ubuntu was able to kind of mesh all these personalities together and even as things started to you know slowly unravel as Rondo and Allen uh, began to hate each other because Rondo had a much higher opinion of himself than he should have I in my opinion um, I think that uh, he did a great job Doc Rivers did uh, and you know there's there's a shelf life with coaches uh, no matter how good a coach you are um, after a while it just you, you, you kind of need to move on I think we're seeing that now with the Celtics with uh, with uh, Brad Stevens, but uh, it all depends on what's going on. Like you know, again, you know, to bring up the Belichick thing, you know, with Brady, you know, yeah, he's had a two decade plus coaching stint with the Patriots, but that's because of Tom Brady. Like again. Brady elevated. I mean, we saw what he did with Tampa this year or this past year. So, I mean, that's just my thoughts. Uh, Slashes, what about you? Who's who's your, your thoughts? So uh, I'm going to throw an honorable mention out there first. Herb Brooks, mm. uh, not for his coaching stint in the NHL or for coaching. I believe he coached the 2002 um, men's U.S. hockey team, but for obviously coaching the 1980 U.S. men's hockey team and, you know, being able to wrangle those personalities, all of these kids, you know, I should say, shouldn't say kids, I should say all of these young men. They were like 18, 19, 20, 22. Yeah, but I mean, you know, these young men who, you know, obviously grew up playing hockey, uh, some of them had just finished playing hockey for their alma mater, you know, there was uh, a lot of contentions between some of the players players a lot of rivalry and stuff so the fact that he was able to break these players down enough to rebuild them and build them into a team that was conditioned enough to kick the ass of the soviets yeah that's tough chasing the best goalie in the world like that that's huge but i have to say number one is a guy who actually has a trophy named after him jack adams yep the for the best coach award so not only is Jack Adams the only person to have uh, achieved uh, a Stanley Cup as a player, a coach, and a general manager, but he was, up until, I believe, Babcock took over, the winningest coach of the Detroit Red Wings. He coached the Red Wings before they were even the Red Wings. They were the Detroit Falcons, I believe. Uh, He coached through, and and he was one of the first coaches of the team, too. They're an expansion team. So I believe he became coach a couple of years after the team became a thing. And he drove them to multiple Stanley Cup championships. Yeah. Both, you know, as a, as a coach and then even more as a, he was 
for a time, he was both the coach and the general manager of the team. He quit coaching to focus solely on being the general manager. So not only was he building up this team, but at the same time, he was also building their farm team, which included the likes of, I don't know, some guy named Gordy Howe. Gordy. You know, so I mean, you you have to throw his name in the ring when you're talking about you know a I mean, coach that a, had. If you have a trophy, named well, I mean, after and that's you, the thing. But... Like you know, he has a fucking trophy named after him. You know, a pretty much coach of the year trophy. You know, named after him because of his accomplishments as a coach. Yeah, I mean, anytime you are in any position, I mean, like the Super Bowl trophy is the Lombardi trophy. You know, named after Vince Lombardi for what he did with the Packers, you know, revolutionizing the game of of football, you know. um. And what was crazy about him, too, is during that time, the uh, Detroit team, we'll say, because like I said, it went through a couple of name changes. It exchanged ownership and the owner, the new owner, uh, tore up his contract pretty much did a did a handshake contract uh for a probational one year and that one year turned into 15 yeah he knew what he was doing like that's and that's you know like that's crazy i mean obviously that's not that's not something that's legit that doesn't happen now you know you need those ironclad paper you know contracts to all your lawyers right right but i mean like that just reading that just just made me giggle a little bit like a handshake one year, a, hand, a handshake deal that was supposed to last one year turned into a 15-year, you know, career yeah. for for him. And then obviously, like I said, he went on. He was still the general manager for a while. He had he had quite the exemplary uh, career. Yeah, and again, you know, anytime you have, I mean, and he and he worked for the NHL up until his death. Yeah, so it's, it's like, like he, any, he's he's ingrained in. Anytime you have something named after you, you know, like, you know, it's because you are most likely the best of the best. Like, there's, you know, for the best pitcher in baseball, you get the Cy Young Award. And Cy Young was, you know, one of the, you know, if not the greatest pitcher of all time, he's right up there. Um, You know, whenever you have something named after you um, that's given out to the best of the best, you know, and, you know, we could talk Bruce Cassidy, who's taken the the Bruins to uh, multiple Yeah, you know, he runs. took the reins from Claude Julien, who, I mean, it was really a fluke back in 2011 when they went to the Stanley Cup Finals and they won. They won in spite of him. Uh, yeah, yeah, he definitely didn't, wasn't doing the team any favors. But Cassidy has definitely taken this team. And although they haven't won a cup underneath him, they've come really fucking close. Yeah. Like and really close. And, this year. you know, they've been, but they've been a contender. Yes. Pretty much every single year that he has coached this team, they've been a contender, which is, which says something. It's almost like, uh, you know, they haven't missed the playoffs with him. Uh, and the NHL doesn't really have like dynasty teams the way that some no, of the even other going sports back to back is tough do. Um, you know, I, I mean, and how often do you see a team go and win the Stanley Cup only to not even make the playoffs the following year? Yeah, the Blues were in, in a tough, tough spot this year. You know, I, I mean, uh, 
you know, they just won it two years ago and they were in a tough spot this year. I mean, last year they got bounced out in the first round. You know, like, you know, you, you come from, you know, being the best team in the league and to barely making the playoffs and getting bounced out. Like, that happens all the time. But, you know, uh, if there were you know, dynasty teams, I think the Bruins would definitely be up there because they've been a contender. That's why, you know, Taylor Hall wanted to play for the Bruins. You know, he should have come. I mean, he should have come a long time ago. But he should have gone, you know, during the uh, instead of taking eight million dollars to play for Buffalo and then getting traded, you know, maybe take a little less, come play for the Bruins, you know, on a one year deal. And then make his money this coming year. But you know, you have you have these guys who want to be traded to to Boston because they want their shot. They know that they have a really, really good probability of going through the Stanley Cup playoffs and into the finals if they're with the Bruins. Especially because there's you know one of the things that, you know, um I've been listening to on talk radio, sports talk radio, talking about uh when it comes to the Bruins saying like oh well you know do you think you know like they're racking up a ton of points against you know buffalo and new jersey you know these bottom dwelling teams you know and it's like well that's just the way the schedule worked like that's just the way it is like but these guys especially the core have enough experience like they know how to play during the playoffs they're not like bergeron martian pastor not crazy you know um uh tuca like they're not going to be like oh we don't we don't understand like you have to step your game up in the playoffs we don't get that so no. i mean they have enough seasoned veterans on their team where i'm not uh i'm not worried and playoff experience like that's right. the thing like they right. have a ton of experience and then some of these uh fresher faces that they have on their team like i mean i'm, I'm gonna throw Jeremy Swayman out there. I know he made an appearance in the playoffs last year and it didn't No, that was no, Vladar. Vladar. That was Vladar. Vladar. Yeah. So, you know, you have these young kids like Jeremy Swayman who's just so excited to play the game that his energy is just it's infectious. Well, you also, and I'm not worried about him because I think he's just going to be, you know, playing the same game that he has been. I don't think he's going to play that much. To, um, you know, to be just with you. I, I would be surprised. You know, um, I'm not saying that I have, uh, not saying that I don't have faith in Tuka Rask right now, but, you know, Tuka can, can, can sometimes be flaky when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah, and we've seen that many, many times. You know, either when his game is on, it is on, and he is definitely one of the best goalies in the league. Uh, but when his game is off, he just crumbles. You know, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see maybe not Swayman starting. You know, we, we may not see Jeremy Swayman starting many games, but I, I think Jeremy Swayman is going to see a fair share of ice time. And they may, you know, just to kind of throw caution to the wind, they may throw him out there. They may start him a couple of times. I, I... Just to see what he can do. You don't do that in the playoffs. I mean, you know, if they have a, a, a I don't know. You I don't, don't know. You don't do that in the play. Teams that do that do not go far. You stick but, I mean, with one goalie you, you and you ride them. You could be surprised. I, I won't be surprised. I, I don't think Swayman's going to play at all. If, I mean, I would be even surprised if he comes in as the backup because, you know, they may just throw Halak out there. I hope they I don't. Think, I, hope they I keep, think that's a mistake. Yeah, I hope they keep Swayman because I think Swayman is, is one of those guys because Tuka's already missed a lot of time this year being hurt, but he's played well, um, you know, other than giving up five the other night. Um 
you know, he's played fairly well. He came back, had a shutout. Um, you know, Swayman's got two shutouts this year. So, I mean, we'll we'll see. But uh, we'll save that for when we come back from break. So uh, give us your thoughts on uh, some of the coaches you think had some of the biggest impacts on their uh, team's success. Uh, you know, maybe like an Alex Cora or uh, – oh, now I'm totally blanking on the guy from the Red Sox in 2013. Not Bobby Valentine, the guy that came in after him. Totally blanking on his name, but, like, you know, first year wins a – takes a team that was in last place, wins a World Series in 2013. So, um, and I don't know why I can't think of his name. But, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get into uh, all the stuff that's been going on over the past couple of weeks. So we'll be right back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. In a world swarming with boring, predictable awards shows, what will separate from the rest? Rise above and unite the podcasting realm in a testament to the outstanding achievements of the community. The Amalgamania Podcasting and Entertainment Awards. Podcasters, YouTubers, and Twitch streamers, now is your time. Make your voices heard and submit your program by going to amalga-mania.com for all the details, submission categories, and guidelines. The Amalgamania Podcasting and Entertainment Awards, the summer's biggest blockbuster event. You don't want to miss it. This is Patsy the Angry Nerd, and I'm here to tell you about Slip Sports. All new clients for this online sports book receive $100 in free play just for signing up. From the casual players to the high rollers, everybody can take advantage of this offer and the live betting, online casino, horse racing, and more. Sign up with the Freeman app and send a request to basketballjones at post.com to get started. Tell them the angry nerd sent you. So there's a lot of stuff going on. So slashes, why don't you uh, let us know what's going on yeah. with the uh, NHL right now? Yeah, there's, there's a, a lot. lot of stuff going on in the N- N- NHL. So let's talk about some of the good stuff. Anze Kopitar of the Kings became the third player with 1,000 career points and two Selkie trophies. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Our buddy uh, Jonathan Martinelli is a big Kings fan and was uh, very excited about uh Anzi Kopitar, um, you know, and his milestones there. 
Connor McDavid of the Oilers becomes the ninth player in NHL history to reach 100 points in 53 games. That's crazy. That is like two points a game at least. Almost. Like that. That's ridiculous. Just shy of two points a game. Yeah. yeah. While his teammate Leon Draisaitl earned his 500th career point. Those two are. I mean, like the Oilers need to keep them. They need to lock those two down. Oh yeah, they're not going anywhere. They're gonna. I, I. I plan to see more from the Oilers in the future. I mean, they're going to the the playoffs anyways. Um. It'll be interesting to see what happens with them. Well, I mean, the Oilers, they're, they're, that's a team that just had number one overall pick after number one overall pick year in, year out. I mean, Jordan Everly, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Taylor Hall, mm-hmm. McDavid, Dreisaitl. Like, there's tons of guys on that team that were, you know, top five picks and you know, over and over and over again because Edmonton was so bad for so long. And I don't know. But, uh, yeah, like it's starting to pay dividends because this team is – I don't know who their goalie is. Um, and without a, a top-tier goalie, I don't care how good your your offense is, uh, without a top-tier goalie because, you know – most of their, pretty much all of their, uh, all of their offense is those two guys. I so mean, if like, you were to put out like the the Bergeron line against them, I mean, your offense is really only as good as your defense. I mean, you need. It goes to, hand in hand. You're not going to win games six to five. Like that's, you know, if you give up three four goals, you, chances are you're going to lose. Right. Especially in the playoffs. Like, there might be games where you win, you know, 6-5 or something. But a lot of times it's it's a one-goal game. You know, like, yeah. it's tight. The, the, the competition is that much higher. Everybody elevates their games. And a lot of the teams that, are, you know, we'll, we'll touch on that in a little while, but a lot of the teams that are in the playoffs now are teams that have, you know, have players who are accustomed to being in the playoffs every year and, you know, know what it takes to, you know, either win a cup or go deep into the into the playoffs. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, these guys are definitely going to be fun to watch uh, come playoff time, like next week. <laughs> yeah, the 15th. Yeah. So, yeah, a week from some so Saturday. Yeah. Oh, my so. God. Let's get snacks. Yeah. So many snacks. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. um, so speaking of excited, my favorite person in the world, Phil Kessel of the Coyotes. I say that sarcastically. I fucking hate Phil Kessel. Uh, he scored his 20th goal this season in his 900th consecutive game. So that's pretty cool. Congrats to him, I guess. Uh, Victor Rask scored an OT to help the Minnesota Wild win against the Anaheim Ducks to complete their season with their best home record in franchise history. So they are 21-5-2 and two at home. Yeah, which would make them, let's see, 56 games, so that's 21-5-2. and two. Uh, So that's 23-28 games. So, you know... That's uh, that's a really good record. I don't know what their overall record is. I'll have to take a look. Well, real I mean, quick. enough to get them into the playoffs. So, uh, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Austin Matthews of the Maple Leafs scored his 40th goal this season. 40 goals in 49 games played. That is crazy. 
Yeah, he's he's up there. Um, you know, when I think of uh, MVPs, you know, uh, or, or Hart Trophy finalists, it's probably going to oh, yeah. be him, McDavid, and to be honest, uh, Brad Marchand. Like those three guys, and I think Marchand is the guy who should get it. I know I'm a little biased, but this is a guy who, you know, does everything on every level. Austin Matthews is not the defensive player that uh, that Marchand is. Like, no. Marchand should get some votes for the Selkie Trophy as well. I mean, he won't win it because, you know, Bergeron, Kopitar, Ryan O'Reilly, guys like that. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I definitely think that his, yeah, so his defensive game, you know, speaking of Marchand, uh, has really improved over the past several years, and it shows. I mean, especially where he uses his offensive skill to complement his defensive skill because he has so many shorthanded goals. Like, Bergeron and Marchand are third all-time, um, and I think they were two off the second spot um, last I checked. They have 29 uh, for a, a forward forward wing combination. And I think, uh, I forget who the next two guys are, but they're ten uh, 12 behind Yari Curry and Wayne Gretzky. And there's a legit chance that they could do that, mm-hmm. like especially with a couple of full seasons. I mean, there's a legit chance that they could they could take that record. Yeah, and it's interesting seeing some of these season stats this season because it's a short season. So, you know, these guys that are scoring, you know, upwards of, you know, high 30s, 40 goals would be seeing uh, at least 10 more than that um, during normal season. 10 to 15, depending on... I mean, yeah, depending on who it is and stuff, yeah. So, you know, it's... it's Some of the stats this season doesn't... They don't seem as strong as previous seasons, but that's because this season was so... Yeah, right. It was so short. But, I mean, Matthew still scored 40 goals. McDavid still got 100 points. Like, oh, yeah, and uh, Minnesota is 14-9-3 away from home. So, pretty good home and away record. But definitely uh, a really good home record. So Mika Zabanajad of the Rangers scored his 200th career goal. That's kind of cool. Um, a day after losing his father, TJ Oshie of the Capitals put up a hat trick and earned his sixth 20-goal season. Teammate Nick Dowd said, quote, We are trying to be there for him and take care of him, and he ends up taking care of us. Yeah, uh, that, that was crazy. Like, he... He left the game, and that was the game that we'll get into it with. Uh, yeah, so that Tom was the Wilson. yeah. So uh, T.J. Oshie did not play Monday. Yeah, he was out for that game, and that's the Wilson game. Correct, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. And then he came back the next game, and yeah, the Wednesday lit the night lamp three times. Yeah, um, his father had been battling Alzheimer's for a while, and. You know, it was kind of like one of those they they knew it was coming, but it's still it's still sad. It's still sad, and the fact that he was able to, you know, kind of switch gears and put on his game face and be there for his teammates, you know, that just kind of shows the kind of uh, the kind of guy he is and the kind of team player he is. And you know, I'm sure that uh, his dad wouldn't have wanted him to not play. 
you know, being a, a hockey guy himself, you know, they called him coach for a reason, uh, you know, wanting him to, to just to be there, you know, and, and enjoy the game, play the game, be there for his team. And that's exactly what Oshi did. So, um, and obviously our, our thoughts are, are with him. I love Oshi. I've said that numerous times. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, I don't necessarily love what the Capitals have become. And, uh, before we get into that, Ryan Miller, we announced last week, uh, you know, last week or the week before, that he had announced his retirement at the end of the season, and that time has come. So after uh, 796 career games in the NHL, uh, Ryan Miller had of officially retired Saturday night. Yep. Uh, at age 40, uh, he's again, you know, like we talked about last week, he accomplished quite a bit. You know, his parents were there. There was a lot of hugs going around. He was very emotional, um, as he should be. Yeah. You know, that's to be expected. You know, a pretty great career. You know, the winningest U.S. born goalie in NHL history. Yeah. Like, there's. There's uh, there's some good stuff to be uh, said about Ryan Miller and. Um, you know, I may not have liked all the stuff that he did in his career, and I kind of, you know, had a bit of Schadenfreude when he would lose, you know, games against the Bruins. But mm -hmm. you know, that's just the way, just the way things go. So let's go into the big news out of the NHL this past week. We need to talk about Tom Wilson. Again. He's at it again. So Tom Wilson, he's a winger for the Capitals. On Monday night, Tom Wilson punched Rangers forward Pavel Bushnevich. I can never say his name. It sounds like you're holding in a sneeze. Bushnevich. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's funny because it's one of those last names that every single announcer has a different way of pronouncing it. Yeah, Bushnevich, Bushnevich. Yeah, Pavel Bushnevich. Uh, punched him in the back of the head while he was face down on the ice during a scrum near the Rangers net and knocked Art Artemi Panarin out for the remaining Artemi Panarin. Sorry. The bread man. The bread. Yes. <laughs> Artemi Panarin out for the remainder of the season with a lower body injury. Panarin had jumped on Wilson's back to break up yet another altercation after which Wilson appeared to have grabbed Panarin by the hair and whip him down head first onto the ice. Yeah. He had lost his helmet and uh, Wilson slammed him down. And then when he tried to get up, Wilson grabbed him and slammed him down again. And this is a guy who you know, there are a lot of people who were like, well, it was just, you know, kind of like a hockey thing. And like he just doesn't know his own strength and people are all over him because of his reputation. And it's like, yeah, and rightfully fucking so like. He and he ended up coming back and scoring a goal in that game. Mm -hmm. Like he should have been tossed he, from he the game. He should have been out. He, I mean, he did receive a couple of like minor penalties and a did, ten minute major. Yeah, he did get a ten minute major, but it, it wasn't the type of repercussion that he sh he deserved. He should have been tossed from the game, especially you know. Uh, he, I think he should have been tossed from the game for punching. Bushnevich in the back of the head when the guy's while face he, down on the ice. Right, like completely unable of defending himself at that point. Right, if you the know, guy's like, in a totally prone a position. That's a shit move. Like, you're a dick if you do that. Well, I mean, that's what he does. Ooh, I'm a tough guy. I'm you so know? big and, and strong. And then to it's go like, and do that to Panarin, like Panarin's out for the rest of the season. I mean, granted, you know, it it's, it's a couple of games. The Rangers aren't 
moving on to the playoffs. But but still, like it's uh, it's the principle of it. It's the fact that you know you ended a guy's season uh, for pretty much being a dick. Yeah, like there's just so. Tom Wilson, who has been suspended five times previously by the NHL for his actions. Including earlier this year when he boarded. He wasn't suspended for that. No, they suspended him seven games. Oh, did they? I I thought they just fined him. No, they when he... When he uh, cross-checked fucking Brandon Carlo to the back oh, of the head, right, right. He didn't receive any on they didn't ice give, repercussions. Yeah, they, he didn't call. Right. They didn't call a fucking penalty. They, they suspended him for a couple of games after the fact. Seven but they games, did, right? But they did not uh, give him any on ice repercussions. Right. They didn't call a penalty, but Carlo had to leave on a stretcher and go to the hospital and was out and for months. A considerable. He just amount came of time. back. Yeah, he just came well, yeah, back. because he came back and then he realized he wasn't ready and, you know, was out for another considerable amount of time. Yeah, he missed like because that was March and he's finally back playing and it's, you know, and he scored a goal, which was nice yep. to see, you know, it's nice first to see Carlo, Carlo up and out and feeling feeling himself and obviously back into the game. But Carlo is definitely yeah, a guy we know, want in the playoffs. You know, Tom Wilson, his name has been buzzing. You know, a lot this season. He's been pulling this shit. And and, and what did they do? He was fined $5,000, which is the max amount that a player can be fined in the NHL. Yeah, according by, to the CBA. Right, by, uh, by the NHL Department of Player Safety, who opted to not suspend the player, which is another slap on the wrist, when he should have been dealt a harsher punishment. Yeah. Now the Rangers, in turn, released a statement blasting the league and calling for the job of department head George Peros. They singled out Wilson as a, quote, dangerous and reckless player, and argued that his status as a repeat offender warranted a suspension. Multiple sources claim that the statement was commissioned by Rangers owner James Dolan. Who also owns the Knicks and is a billionaire, and they were fined, I well, think... The, on, yeah, on Thursday, uh, the New York Rangers were fined $250,000 for their public critique of an NHL league executive. Which I think is bullshit. Like, you can almost end a guy's career and it's a $5,000 fine, but if you complain about the referees, like, if you're in a game, you know, and the NFL does this, NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball, if you complain about an official, it's like a $50,000 fine. It's re- like depending on the sport, like it's ridiculous. It's like ten to I fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily agree with that because a lot of people. I mean, obviously, a lot of people came out in support of the Rangers, um, you know, and their statement saying, "Yeah, Tom Wilson, absolutely." I mean, how how is he still in the fucking league at this point? Because they don't ever like Matt Cook was in the league forever. You know, like these- Rafi Torres was in the league forever. Like, and those guys kept like. They I mean, ended and, and careers. This isn't, right. And, and this isn't just a guy being a fucking goon. Like, this is more than that. This isn't a guy just, you know, being. He's out to hurt and, people. Right. Like, he's looking to end careers. He's looking to, you know, put people away for the rest of the season. He's not just, you know, Knocking trying guys to. out of the game. He's not just trying to rough somebody up, you know, to kind of, uh, you know. Uh, Be an intimidating presence. Right. Like, you know, prove what a Zidane point. Chara would do or Alex Ovechkin, guys like that, that'll. You know that are big and strong, and they, you know, uh, uh, Bickle of the uh, uh, um, the the Blackhawks the year uh, in 2013, like that because he was a big guy, and like they kept you know throwing him at Chara, 
you know, so they were, you know, they were guys that, you know, were there to be big, strong guys. And, you know, these kind guys of, are big, strong guys. Yes. Like, <laughs> you know, to kind of be an intimidating presence, you know, I somebody mean, like a Kevin for, Miller. Right, or a and Trent for some Frederick. of these guys, like that's their purpose on the ice to be an intimidating presence. And I get that, you know, you want to have these big guys who, you know, maybe they don't score much, but they can do a lot defensively. And, you know, occasionally they get into a scrum where they ruffle some feathers, you know, in order to either, you know, prove a point or just kind of you know, send a message yeah but that the, we not, are not a not, team to be fucked with but this is not what tom wilson is doing no tom wilson like the way they use him is the way they used to use you know like goons back in gretzky's day where you have two uh talented offensive players so you have like nick backstrom and uh uh, uh on that top line with tom wilson it's like why would you like like, why put him on so, that top line? And that's not even the crazy part. So they're now these two teams met up against uh, again on Wednesday, and this meetup resulted in six fights, leading to seventy-two penalty minutes racked up within the first four minutes and fourteen seconds of the first period. It was six including, guys in the penalty box. For I was saying, yeah, including a line brawl. One second after the opening face-off. Yeah, both teams started their fourth lines. Yes. Oh, they knew. They knew. The entire game resulted in 141 penalty minutes. Rangers defenseman Brendan Smith fought Wilson during his first shift. This is Wilson's first shift. 50 seconds into the game, Smith was given an instigator minor penalty and a 10-minute misconduct. Which is such horseshit. And Wilson was out for the remainder of the game with a, quote, upper body injury. See, and that's that's what's bullshit. Is like Wilson goes around and does all this shit and doesn't get a penalty called on him. But, like, when somebody goes to retaliate and fight him, oh, that's an instigator penalty, so that's uh, that's two minutes and, and a 10-minute misconduct. You know, we're going to get into uh, the playoff standing shortly, but, you know, the Capitals are going to the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, As it stands now, they're playing the Bruins in the first round. Yes. Because they're the two and the three seed. Um. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if they condone Tom Wilson's antics in the playoffs. Well, we'll see, because the playoffs are a totally different monster. Like, you really don't see guys fighting all that much. Um, you know, it's very rare that you'll see a fight. But, you know, we'll see. You know, it depends. You know, like, the Bruins have some elite-level talent on their, their top lines, and... You know, none of those guys are fighters. You know, Marshand will mix it up with somebody, but Marshand's a lot smaller than Wilson. Wilson's like 6'4", 220. Marshand's like 5'9", 180. I mean, he'll mix it up, but, you know, he'll get hurt. You know, Pasternak's not going to fight. Bergeron's not going to fight. Krejci's not going to fight. Taylor Hall's not going to fight. You know, so it'll be interesting to see because you have to have that top line you know, because of how good they are defensively, you have to have that top line out there against Ovechkin and Backstrom. Oh, absolutely. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens. But the Bruins have won 
against the Capitals in the past. Like, I'm not, I'm not worried, but I'm interested in seeing what kind of game they're going to tell Tom Whistler to play. That would be a, I think that's going to be a seven game series that just goes back and forth. And there's a lot of bad blood and animosity and a lot of bad calls. And let's go into the current playoff standings because, you know, like we said before, these new divisions have definitely reignited some old rivalries and introduced new rivalries. Um, And it's, it's this type of uh, the playoffs early on are going to be very interesting. Actually, the entire playoffs are going to be interesting because eventually you're going to have teams who have yet to play each other this season playing against each other in the playoffs. So this whole starting this weekend, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be really interesting to watch and see exactly how these playoffs shape up. Like we said, the, the playoffs are usually a very different monster from the normal season and the playoffs this year, uh, definitely so, with not only the new brackets, you know, divisional brackets, but like I said, some of these teams who are going to be playing each other as you get further into the Stanley Cup playoffs have yet to see each other this year, this season. So it's it's going to be interesting. So right now in the West. Just to throw this out there, yeah. Boston plays Washington Tuesday at 7. Final game of the year. We have the Islander t- uh, tomorrow, the Islanders at 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 Boston, then Boston at Washington, um, which could determine uh, seeding, second, third, uh, mm-hmm. second, third. So it could be if the Bruins win these next two games, they'll take second place, and Washington will have to come to Boston for a seven-game series. So, like, these are these are two huge games. Yeah, they cannot afford to lose them. Um, so starting off in the West... Number one, we have the Vegas Golden Knights. Number two, we have Colorado Avalanche. Number three, we have the Minnesota Wild. And number four, we have the St. Louis Blues. Now, no one has officially clinched the division yet. Uh, There are still games to be played. So, and I believe they're kind of close. Let me uh, pull it up right now. In the West, Vegas has 80 points with two games left. Colorado has 76 with... uh, three games left so they could technically end up tied uh minnesota has 75 points st louis is the four seed like they have yes, they have yeah, 57 points they're 18 behind with behind uh minnesota so it's it's probably going to be vegas but it could be colorado i mean it depends on well let me see what the schedule is coming up so see who they if they play each other uh, we have Vegas playing Colorado on Monday. If Vegas wins that game, oh, they, that's they be clinch. Good. Yeah, this because you know Colorado can't jump them. Um, and then St. Louis plays Minnesota. I mean that that doesn't mean anything. Minnesota and they play back to back Wednesday, Thursday, uh, both at St. Louis. I mean those games again aren't going to mean anything. It's just kind of like a tune-up. But, uh, yeah, Monday night, that's the big one. If uh, Vegas wins, then they clinch that division. And then they close the season out against uh, San Jose on Wednesday, Vegas does. Uh, Colorado uh, would host the Kings on Wednesday and Thursday. But if Vegas wins Monday night, then that's it. So, and that's not the only uh, division where it's really close. 
So in the Central Division, you have in first place the Carolina Hurricanes, and they have clinched their division. Yes. Second place, Florida Panthers. Third place, Tampa Bay Lightning. And fourth place, the Nashville Predators. Well, all of those teams have played 55 games. Carolinas get 80 points. Florida's get 77. So they can't mm-hmm. possibly, you know, they can't possibly lose. So that's why they clinch. So they're going to play Nashville because Nashville's got 62 points. And Florida and Tampa, 77 to 75. So, um, and Florida just beat Tampa uh, 5 to 1. So let's see. How are these guys playing? Uh, they only have one game left. I'm trying to find where it is. Tampa Bay at Florida tomorrow, Monday. Mm-hmm. And that could determine, again, who gets home ice. So that's going to be. That's a big game, too. Um, so, yeah, and then we have uh, the East. Yeah, so in the East division, uh, first place is the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they have clinched this division. Their season is over. They're, they're done. They've played their 56. Uh, second place, Washington Capitals. Third place, Boston Bruins. And fourth place, New York Islanders. So right now it's pretty much battling uh, battling out, like we said, for the seeding between the other right. couple Washington, of teams. Washington and New York have both played 55 games. The best the Islanders can finish is third because they're one point behind Boston, but Boston's got a game in hand. So the Rangers can finish maximum 72 points. I mean, sorry, the Islanders, maximum 72. Bruins can finish maximum 75, which would tie them with Washington. But, you know, they have a game against Washington and the Islanders coming up in the next couple of days. So we'll see what the seeding is. That could be... That could be uh, bouncing around a little bit. And then, and then in the north. the north division, we have in first place the Toronto Maple Leafs clinching their division. And I believe this is the first time in 21 years yep. that they've done so. Yep. So congrats to them on that. That's pretty exciting. Uh, in second place, we have the Edmonton Oilers. In third place, the Winnipeg Jets. And this is the only division that does not have a fourth place team in place yet. Well, Ottawa has played 54 games and is eliminated because they only have 40, uh, 49 points. Mm-hmm. So they have two games left. The max they could get is 53, which wouldn't get them over Montreal. Montreal's played 54, and they've got 57 points. The interesting thing is Calgary and Vancouver. Calgary's played 51 games, so they have five games left. If they win out, they'd end up with 57 points. So Montreal, if Montreal wins once, they should be fine. Because as of right now, it's v- even an overtime looking loss. like yeah, it's it's very good chance it'll be Montreal clinching that fourth loss spot. Wins wins them the division, uh, or gets them that last spot over Calgary. Now Vancouver, because they missed so many games, they've only played forty nine games, and they've got forty three points. So should they win out, they'd end up with fifty seven points. But again, if Montreal gets one point in the next two games, that's it. Mm-hmm. So even an overtime loss or a shootout loss, they win because you get one point for a sh- for an overtime loss. So win or overtime loss and Montreal is in. So, and what do we have for uh, games coming up with those guys? We have, let's see, we have uh, Ottawa playing Calgary, which uh, that's uh, tonight. 
Dallas playing Chicago. Neither of those teams have anything going on. Uh, Edmonton plays Montreal. Edmonton is, uh, they should be fine with their seeding. Carolina plays Nashville. Uh, Vancouver at Winnipeg. I mean, Edmonton plays Montreal twice. So this could be interesting because I think Edmonton's the much better team. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens, but there's definitely a lot of uh, a lot of uh, a lot of movement that could happen, and a lot of uh, mm-hmm. upsetting of current standings, and which I I love this. Like you know, every game comes down to the or the whole season comes down to the last the last game of the season. It's almost I like a, it. it's almost like a pre playoffs. Yeah, you know, like these games mean just as much almost as some of these playoff games because this you know is your your contention into the playoffs and determines who you're going to be playing and that's huge and there are teams that you know even though they can't knock somebody out of the playoffs you know in most of these divisions there are teams that can you know screw things up and take away home ice for you know whoever they're playing and that's why you know i love hockey so much because even some of these teams who uh, have nothing to gain. You know, they know that they've been knocked out of the, the playoff spot. Some of these teams have been knocked off for, you know, a week or two at this point. They're still playing their hearts out because they know that they can affect who goes into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. They, well, not just who go again, you know, seeding. And, and seating and seating is huge, huge. Yeah, because there are times it's like you know you know your team plays this team they're not going to make it but if they can play this team they have a shot. I hope you know and and you know that home ice for a game seven is is crucial. That is big and especially because you know in most places fans are allowed back in the stands like that the 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 energy is different. You know, like that's it, it does make a difference. I know some people say, oh, it doesn't really make a difference. No, it does. It absolutely does. So uh, hey, Patsy. Yes. What's brewing? Oh, lots of stuff is brewing. <laughs> so, so, I mean, the big thing is the Bruins are officially in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yay! Muppet arms, yeah! Well, that's always exciting because one, you just have to get in. It doesn't matter what seed you are. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. You know, and like we said, with everything being a little bit different this year, it's going to be kind of. I mean. I watch the playoffs regardless if my team is playing or not, but it definitely is. Uh, it's more enjoyable to watch when you're rooting for your own team in the playoffs. Oh, there are a couple things uh, I just want to throw out there. Uh, Rick Tockett will not be back after four seasons with the Coyotes, and John Tortorella is out after six years as the coach of the Blue Jackets. Really? So they are uh, they are out. Those two guys. So there are two coaching vacancies. Right now, and I'm sure there are going to be more, probably in Buffalo, mm-hmm. probably in Vancouver, probably in uh, maybe New Jersey. I mean, we'll see. I mean, Buffalo and, and New Jersey are dealing with, you know, young, young kids, Jack Eichel and Jack Hughes, you know, that are and, you know, New Jersey sold off a lot of their veterans and, you know. Again, we'll see. Same with Buffalo. They got rid of a lot of their guys. You know, Curtis Lazar, Taylor Hall. You know, we'll see. So David Pasternak 
has scored his 200th career goal, the fastest in Bruins history to reach this milestone. And especially considering that there was an abbreviated season last year and an abbreviated season this year. And he was out with injury. Yeah, he was out the first month or so of the season. He came back, scored like five goals in the first two games he played. Jeremy Swayman has earned his second career shutout in a 4-0 victory over the Rangers Thursday night. I think the fact that Swayman is playing as well as he is is going to be a huge uh, reason why the Bruins are able to get some solid free agents. Not to kind of... less in this but I mean there was only 15 shots on goal from the Rangers that night because they played a back-to-back Wednesday Thursday Wednesday was the fucking line brawl with the Capitals so they were tired they had had a hard week at this point and the Rangers were tired and they looked tired they looked exhausted and I don't blame them so I mean although they did play a pretty good game I mean the Bruins just took advantage of the fact that you know they were so tired and yeah, you know what you're, to... you're a professional athlete at this point everybody's tired at the end of the season you gotta you gotta bring your a game no I matter mean that's what. true that's true uh Andre Kasha is on track to return to the lineup on Monday night I don't even see him suiting up for the playoffs you don't think so I don't think where are we gonna put him uh fourth line I mean it would be nice to have him back just uh just in case just to have a body just in case I mean you know but there are guys that aren't gonna play Trent Frederick probably won't play in the playoffs but I mean again you you never know you never know what's going to happen. You don't know. I mean, playoff injuries are completely different. They affect the team differently. So I think you're going to have a lot of these guys suited up, ready to go just in case. Well, they won't be suited up. They'll be on the ninth floor. Well, yeah, but they'll be. They'll be in the building. Well, I mean, like they will. T- they will be suited up because they wear suits. Well, it depends. Sometimes, you know, maybe they'll wear their like '80s gear again. That would be amazing, but unfortunately, they don't do that for the playoffs. Well, maybe they should start. That would be fun, though. Uh, and the team awards were handed out this past week. So the seventh player award, voted on by the fans, presented to the Bruins player who exceeded expectations this season, went to Nick Ritchie. He definitely exceeded. Like after. After last year, I was like, get him off this team. And, like, he proved himself to be a valuable member of the power play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he has gone up and down the lineup. He's probably going to play on the third or fourth line uh, come playoff time. And, um, I, you know, I would have I voted for Trent Frederick that he would have gotten my, my vote. Uh, I know that was uh, your wheelhouse, too. But I'm not mad at Nick Ritchie. Yeah, um, I I see it. So I did vote for the seventh player this season. Um, I wanted to win a car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Trent Frederick did get my vote. Um, there were, you know, some players on there who I had to be like, who's that again? Because, you know, some of them were uh, guys who didn't play much, if at all. Uh, like Carson Kuhlman. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not mad that it went to Rick Nitchie, <laughs> Nick Ritchie, Rick Ni- Guy Ritchie, <laughs> Nick Ritchie, Rick Nitchie. That's his, uh, that's his evil doppelganger. That's, that's his good... Wario. <laughs> yeah. So what, what else, guys? Uh, so, 
so the Eddie Shore Award, which is chosen by the gallery gods, was presented to the player who shows exceptional hustle and determination, and that went to Brad Marchand. Makes sense. Uh, I think I think that uh, again, you know, I think he should get uh, consideration for the MVP and uh, also the Selkie Award. So. The Elizabeth Dufresne Trophy, which is chosen by the Boston chapter of the Professional Hockey Writers Association, presented to the player exemplifying outstanding performance, also went to Brad Marchand. Yep. I mean... I'm fine with that, too. The John P. Busick Award, chosen by the man himself, presented to the player who provides exceptional off-ice charitable contributions, went to Charlie Coyle. Um, From what I was reading about... Charlie Coyle's charitable contributions and uh, befriending cancer patients and do like Charlie Coyle do gooder all yeah. around like really good guy. Uh, so especially because he's a local boy. I mean that well that's true. Like he does a lot for the uh, city of Weymouth. Mm-hmm. So uh, the three stars of the game chosen by 98.5 the Sports Hub presented to the top performers at home games over the course of the season. Uh, number three is Craig Smith. Number two is Patrice Bergeron. And number one is Brad Marchand. Team MVP. Like, as good as Bergeron has been, uh, Marchand has been, he's led the team in points. Like, when Pasta was out, when some of the other guys weren't really pulling their weight, it's been Bergeron and Marchand. Craig Smith got himself onto from, like, the third line, because they were doing the 11-12-13 line where mm-hmm. it was... Coyle Smith and uh, Trent Frederick. He's up on the second line with Krejci and Hall, and he's playing really well. He had a hat trick the other night. Yep. Like that line is, like there's th- we have a legitimate second line here in Boston, uh, which we have not had in a long time. So you can't just throw all your defense at uh, the the Bergeron line. The you, perfection line. Yeah, I wasn't even gonna say it. You throw, you can't throw all your 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 defense at those guys because, you know, Krejci's been, you know, like we've said for the past couple of weeks, Krejci's playing like he's ten years younger. Um, Taylor Hall is playing like a former MVP and number one overall pick. So. And I want to take a moment to talk about this season being the first season under the captaincy of Patrice Bergeron. He has done a hell of a job with this team. Yeah, I mean, guys already respected him anyways. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, his leadership was a thing to be seen, you know, constantly as the assistant captain. Uh, He's definitely, you know, stepped up his game a little bit more. Um, Not that he needed to. But he has, you know, more as the captain of the team. And people want to come play with him. People want to play for him. They want to play with him. And the camaraderie in the Bruins locker room is just, you know, it's it just makes you all warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah. It's really nice to see. It's nice to see a group of guys. And, and not saying that you didn't see that under under Chara's captaincy. But, you know, um, like the the wearing of the, like... 
90s garb to the the I was going to say the, classic. The, uh, the the outdoor games. Yeah, the winter classic. Um, you know that was Bergeron's idea as a way to kind of you know almost like a team bonding thing. He's doing apparently he's doing a lot of that kind of stuff. You know, just team building, team bonding, and it's worked. Yeah, this team is a cohesive unit. The fact that you can put pretty much anybody in any line and they're ready and willing to play. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, obviously some guys work better with each other. They have more chemistry than others and you know Cassidy is doing a good job of of playing with that but you know uh congrats to Patrice Bergeron for a, a hell of a first year as 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 team captain yeah and I mean I, and congrats to him for just being Patrice Bergeron <laughs> and he's a guy who you know as much as some folks thought that you know there would be other players that were like this that would spend their entire career with one team you know you know Pedroia Although Pedroia didn't have as much of an impact uh, as somebody like David Ortiz, but Ortiz, you know, didn't go anywhere else once he was a Red Sox. Um, but we saw Paul Pierce leave. We've seen, you know, Brady leave after 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, Bergeron is the one guy that I think will not go anywhere because, you know, like people have like a, a respect for what Brady's done on the field in the NFL and guys want to play with him, but people, everybody in the league respects Patrice Bergeron for how he plays the game and how he carries himself. So there's there a difference. There is never a bad word spoken about him. No. And you never see anybody like try to start a fight with him. You never see anybody like cheap shot him. Um, which, you know, you've seen guys do that to, like, Marchand or, or Ovechkin or guys like that. You never see anybody do it to Bergeron. So I'm going to uh, – I think that's a good spot to end the hockey talk. Let's move on to uh, Major League Baseball. So uh, a nice story. Drew Robinson, who lost his eye in a suicide attempt last year, has made the opening day – Roster for the Sacramento River Cats, which is the San Francisco Giants AAA affiliate. Uh, we've had multiple no-hitters. The Indians have been no-hit twice in the past week. Um, and uh, John Means of the, oil, of, the, of the Orioles, not the Oilers, he threw a no-hitter against Seattle and missed out on a perfect game only because he threw a wild pitch on a third strike in the third inning. And according to Elias, uh, the Elias Sports Bureau, it's the only time someone has lost a perfect game on a wild pitch on a third strike. Uh, he did tr- end up trying to steal. Uh, the guy that reached first tried to steal and uh, ended up uh, getting thrown out. The Red Sox are the first team in Major League Baseball to hit 20 wins. Um, and the Mets and the Yankees are incentivizing their fans to get vaccinated by offering free tickets to those who get both shots. I think that's fantastic. Well, the I Mets wish need to do something more. to get people. Well, I mean, you know, there's that, but I, I wish more people, uh, more organizations, you know, sports related, more more people. Well, more, we're going to touch on that things, in a few minutes. Yeah, uh, doing more to 
give incentives for people to be fully vaccinated. And uh, I mean, people should get vaccinated anyways, because it's the cool thing to do. Um, you know, build up those immunities. We want herd immunity. Like that's that's the ultimate goal. And we can't do that if most people if, if you need you just you just need to do it okay slashes the ice queen said you need to get vaccinated so if you're able to do it do it so uh Kyrie Irving and the Nets were each fined $35,000 because Kyrie doesn't want to talk to the media uh the collective bargaining agreement uh says that anybody who's healthy must be available to speak to the media but remember Kyrie a few months ago was also fine for this you know when he's like oh I'm an artist just sit back and appreciate my art I don't speak to pawns it's like you know what you're an uh, I'm, I'm sorry does he does he does he paint no go fuck yourself is what I said he's an artist you're um, an athlete have right a now, seat he's his team is uh in jeopardy this team that everyone said was unstoppable and no one could beat his team is uh, in jeopardy of becoming the three seed uh in the playoffs you know, behind both Philadelphia and Milwaukee, Milwaukee, who has uh, clinched a their division, uh, Philadelphia and Brooklyn have uh, clinched their uh, playoff spots, but they are battling back and forth. And right now, Brooklyn is three games behind Philadelphia for the number one seed. Um, the Celtics are uh, after today, thirty-five and thirty-three. After losing to Miami, they are now in the play-in round uh, with Charlotte, Washington, and Indiana. Um, Russell Westbrook has uh, tied Oscar Robertson for most triple-doubles of all time, uh, which he will end up breaking. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Washington is four games under five hundred with uh, 15 games out of first place. And it's not like... Bradley Beal is awful. He's, you know, neck and neck with Steph Curry for the scoring title. So it just goes to show you that, you know, Russ doesn't give a shit about anything but his numbers. He doesn't care if he wins. Bradley Beal is putting up historic numbers himself, scoring, you know, shooting the lights out, and they're four games under five hundred. So it's like, who even gives a shit? Who cares? Uh, I, I predicted that that was what was going to happen when he went to Washington. He would put up all kinds of numbers because there's nobody else on that team other than Beal, and as long as the two of them just get to shoot all the time, that's all that they care about. Like, they won't do anything in the playoffs. Anything. They won't. Like, I would be shocked if they win a game in the play-in round. Uh, although, if they play Boston, you know, who knows? Because... Boston's been so up and down. I don't know what the fuck they're doing uh, with with this season. Like, I don't know what team's going to show up. Is it the team that, you know, goes out and, you know, loses by 30 to the Knicks? Or is it the team that goes out and beats Milwaukee by two? Like, what? which team are you? So I have no idea. I'm, I, I'm, I don't know what the Celtics are doing. But uh, back to my uh, MVP watch, it's uh, still Steph. Chris Paul and uh, Nikola Jokic; those are my those are my top three. Uh, so, speaking of vaccinations, the NFL is incentivizing fans to get vaccin vaccinated by running a contest for Super Bowl tickets for anybody who gets fully vaccinated. Oh, that's fantastic! So that's another thing that they're doing. You know, kind of like what uh, what the Yankees and Mets are doing, but 
you know, the Super Bowl is a much bigger deal than, you know, a Mets game on a Tuesday afternoon against, you know, the Washington Nationals. Uh, Alejandro Villanueva signed with the Ravens, making him the fourth player from the Steelers who has gone to multiple Pro Bowls to sign with the rival Baltimore Ravens, following Rod Woodson, Carnell Lake, and tight end Eric Green. Uh, he wanted to play for Baltimore after Pittsburgh deci- declined to resign him because he wanted to face his former team twice a year. You'll see a lot of guys doing that. Like if somebody gets, you know, cut from a team, they'll go to another team in the division. I want to go to your nemesis. Yeah. So it's a two-year deal for $14 million. Uh, and we saw DK Metcalf uh, was talking about uh, attempting to try out for the Olympics, and he ran the 100-meter dash with a time of 10.36 seconds, which, while really good, uh, earned him the third slowest spot. He, In order to get uh, to, to qualify, he would have had to run a 10.05. Well, well, I mean, kudos to him for branching out and trying something new. Well, this whole thing stemmed from uh, earlier this year, uh, Russell Wilson threw an interception to Arizona's Buda Baker, and it looked like he was going to get a 100-yard pick six, but Metcalf, like running faster than he ever had in his life, chased him down and prevented the touchdown. And everybody's like, wow, did you see how fast he was? Because they do the stat tracker. Like, they have the chips mm-hmm. in the in the shoulder pads so they can tell you how fast a guy went. And he went, like, 22 miles an hour, some crazy shit like that. And it didn't matter because uh, he's not a sprinter. He's a wide receiver. There are a few guys who have uh, played in the NFL and gone to the Olympics. Uh, James Jett of the... Uh, formerly of the uh, Raiders, uh, was on the Olympic relay team. Um, And uh, Herschel Walker was on the bobsled team. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Which is nuts. But yeah, Herschel Walker was an Olympic bobsledder, which is not something that people even, like, think about. But yeah. um, And I mean, there are guys that could have could have, you know, run track. And there are guys that have run track that have come to the NFL thinking that the skills translate, which they don't know. Just because you're super fat. Like, Jerry Rice was not the fastest guy on the field, but he was the best fucking receiver of all time. So that's just that's just me. So I think this is a... Uh... Well, I mean, it's just a uh, side note. Speaking of uh, guys trying something new, so apparently Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to play for Green Bay anymore. And there's a rumor that he is the current front runner to replace Alex, Alex Trebek on Jeopardy, to host Jeopardy. I, yeah. Well, apparently his the, the, the week or the times that he hosted are, because, I mean, they've been having different people guest host, you know, uh, in the wake of Alex Trebek's death to kind of keep the ball going with the show. And, you know, they're trying to figure out their next move. So I'm not quite sure if it's like they have uh, a person do it for a week or if it's a couple of episodes or whatever. But apparently the episodes that he hosted uh, as of right now are the highest rated episodes of the show since they started the guest host thing. See, and some people are speculating because he has a list of like three or four teams that he wants to go play for, one of them being the Raiders because uh, it would be close to L.A. 
Oh, where his fiance is. And where uh, Jeopardy is filmed. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Jeopardy is only a, a. I mean, they shoot a year's worth of episodes in the span of a, I think like a month month and a half so that's clearly something that he could easily do in the off season uh not saying that he should i heard some of it and and he's a he's a little rough he's not charismatic (laughs) if you've seen his commercials he doesn't necessarily have the charisma that some of these other uh i want to see lavar burton if he wants to do it lavar burton i think would be the best well i mean there was a fan petition that went around trying to get him a guest host spot and the producers or whoever at Jeopardy are honoring that. So LeVar Burton will be a guest host. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe his episodes become the most, uh, the the highest rated episodes of the guest spots. But I mean, but we'll see. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers has played for the Packers for a while. I mean, he's, he's in 36, his... 37, somewhere yeah. in there. So, I mean, and he doesn't want to go back to that team. Like, you know, he threw a hissy fit about how he doesn't want to go there. It's like, well, maybe if you didn't want to be there, you probably shouldn't have signed that huge fucking extension that pays you like $40 million a year. If you didn't want to be there, you shouldn't have signed that. You know, maybe just let your contract run out and then see what happens, you know. So, I mean, the guy did just win MVP last year, but... I don't know. He's not good in the playoffs. He had one year that he played well. This was the first time he got a chance to play a home game in the NFC Championship. He had always played on the road. And there were times that he should have taken the game over, you know, playing like the MVP. Like he, whatever happens in the playoffs, like I just, I don't know, understand why. He can't play the same level in the playoffs as he does in the regular season. But that's just the way it is. Uh, That's pretty much all we have for this week. Uh, If you have a hot take or prediction or disagree with something we said, let us know. Show at gmail.com. Follow us on social media, including our Facebook group. And uh, Slashes, you got anything uh, you want to add to the end? Until next week, kids, try to stay out of the penalty box. All right. So peace out. We out of here. Good night. Good night. I love you. Peace out. I'm out of here.